0: You're listening to Innovation Fuel, a business podcast by University of Canada West.
1: Bringing you fantastic stories from accomplished entrepreneurs and key industry professionals. Let's explore the entrepreneurial world through local businesses and our university community. Hi Dave. Hello Glory. What do you think of this new thing the government has announced? That students, international students now can work more than 20 hours for the next year. What does that mean? It means that the students are super duper happy. How about employers? (laughs) Yeah. What about these employers? Do the employers even know about this or how can they take advantage of it? How does it benefit the employers? How does it benefit the students? Is it short term? Is it short sighted? I don't know.
0: It means it's it's going to be, employers can get a lot of benefits as long as they are, they know about what is the benefit of it, what's the opportunity of it. And also what are the challenges is going to be for employers to hire international students while they have other commitment like study, right? So well, I don't know. Let's uh, bring Pat chasing back and see what she's seen in the past couple of months of changes. Let's welcome back Pat Chasing, uh, the CEO and founder of Ease Empower. Welcome Pat, welcome Dave, to another episode of Innovation Fuel.
1: Yes, Gloria, another episode of Innovation Fuel brought to you by University of Canada West. Yes, we have Pat With us, Pat from ISM Power, we had a great conversation and very important to most of our listeners because a lot of our listeners are international students are facing some challenges out there. But what we wanted to bring Pat back for was for this new change that's recently come, this new change that the Canadian government recently announced. And we want to talk more about that and what that means for students and what opportunities might be there. And what are still some challenges they might face around that element? So, welcome back, Pat.
2: Thank you so much for having me again. It's a pleasure to be back.
1: So, Pat, tell us a little bit about what is this new change? The Canadian government announced it uh, a little over a couple of weeks ago now. What is this new change? What What does it mean for students?
2: The IRCC had just released a news in late October. They came out with a news that is very exciting. That starting in November. Uh, November 15 this year, international students in Canada who have off-campus work authorization on their study permit will now be allowed to work over 20 hours per week. This is a temporary change which will end by the end of December of 2023. And what that means for international students is that not only this could allow them to work more than twenty hours per week, but it also open up doors for better opportunity. Open up door for more opportunity to double their potential income and prep them to transition into a full-time job right after graduation.
0: We can see a lot of opportunity here for students to actually showcase their potential for employers. But when you say this is just one year program, in the last uh, episode, we talked about that employer challenges to trust the international students. And I think that it maybe one year wouldn't be enough to test the program.
2: Yeah, I think a lot of the time, like students are coming into Canada, you know, not just for the hope of quality education. I would say there's a set out there that 81% of us actually come here for a better employment outcome. Whether or not one year program has to do or helps with that employment outcome. I am not 100% sure. I do think that international students are responsible to also maximizing their potential and their experience throughout that one-year program. With this new change that coming in place where allowing them to work more than 20 hours per week actually gives them a better opportunity to not just do a basic part-time job. A lot of the time we see students working in retail or in the food industry where you can Pick up hourly wage job. But what this actually opens them to do is they can now work in an office, like a regular full time job opportunity. I would say whether or not it's one year program or two or three years program, if the students learn how to maximize this opportunity in the new rule, it will be to their advantage.
1: But Pat, when we we talk about this, because there is a big controversy around this too, because one of the things that and it's not a controversy around why the Canadian government is doing this, and we talk about what they call the cash cow, meaning that we have these individuals who are short in employment, but you know we're giving them opportunity to get into this, but for what reasoning? Is it the re- is it only to support this short term element, or do we really want to support the evolution of where we're going with Canada? Canada needs more talented people. We need more immigrants to take PR status here and and support the going concern in Canada because we don't have the enough population to support the resources that we need to support this country.
2: Even though it's temporary right now, and I don't fully agree with the way they position this news because you know we all know that canada is built on immigrants we are welcoming you know 1.5 million new immigrants over the next three years right and by 2026 we're now hoping to have over 1.2 million international students and it's going to be overwhelming for for our country but the way that the canadian government announced this news which i don't 100 agree they're just really positioning it around labor shortage which seemed to be a, a immediate you know thing to talk about. But when you look at the the labor shortage, the industry that get hit the most are kind of three different ones. First is the manufacturing industry. Second is construction. Third is retail, food services, and accommodation. I would just group it all together. If you look at those kind of industries, these are the jobs that maybe the average person don't want to do anymore, right? And we also know combining that with the aging population of Canada, right? One in seven, I was reading the news yesterday, you know, one in seven Canadians are aged over 55 plus. So unfortunately, people would not exit the labor market. And then international students or immigrants will be the the key part to help fill the labor shortage.
1: And the service industry is a big part of that element. And you see even these positions that are coming available are not high paying jobs, or do they really help them get to PR status? And that's what their ultimate goal is. And what we want to support them to get to that PR status.
2: Yeah. On the other hand, students need to work in order to increase that level of of income potential to pay rent and to afford to live here. And then we have the other side, which is like, hey, how can we actually help them get a good job? Maybe it doesn't pay as much um, or, you know, it it might not help them as much towards their PR but it is a good stable job that eventually will help them but it might not be like right in the in the short term. Personally I am a big fan of doing things in a stable and meaningful ways because you can't only think of immigration goal as your only goal in life. Immigration is a part of the process, but building a successful career that can give you a financial stability and a long term success, that should be the number one goal. And immigration, if you focus on that and focusing on upskilling yourself and maximizing this potential
0: to gain Canadian experience, then the immigration goal will come. You said that a lot of Canadians are exiting labour market uh, because of retirement. But a lot of our Canadians, they are retiring in the managerial position, which is very difficult. It's going to be to uh, have a succession plan for them, for immigrants, right? Because Canadian experience is a key. And Canadian experience in a good job is another talking, it's not a retail job, right? Don't you think that is still that is going to cause m- labour market in those Managerial position. I
2: mean, if you think about it, right? Like, it's much easier to fill entry level positions versus filling a middle or senior level position. However, though, immigrants are coming in, and Canadian employers say, "Oh, I don't want to recognize your international experience." Maybe it's the mindset change that we all need to do. Entire part of it, the entire ecosystem is recognizing that you know the managerial position in their home country is equally. Important and should also be considered, and that immigrants don't need to start at an entry level position. My target audience is international students. A lot of international students are looking at entry level, you know, one to three years of of, of kind of work experience, higher required for that job. Hence, it's easier to really bring them into the workforce. Easier transition, as you were to compare to maybe maybe like an, an immigrant who comes here with about ten plus years of experience, right? So I hope that answers your question.
1: Pat, the, the other side of it too is like if we look at this, okay, and you said it too, like this this thing that the Canadian government's doing, and it, and it's great that they're doing it. Yes, let's open it up, let's get more people into the in the the labor force. But by only putting a limitation of one year on it, it's not even going really to help these individuals because who's going to hire someone? for a more senior role in their organization if they know that in a year's time they can only be working 20 hours again
2: no absolutely i i really do think that you know there's a lot of conversation around like so how did they pick october sorry i forgot the date now october let's say 19 or 20 as a well, whatever that is or how did they pick november 15 as that effective date like it was so arbitrary right and how did you pick one year like what data do you have to support that one year, right? So hopefully it, it's, it's not going to be temporary and hopefully it's going to be extended and really hope that students are experiencing benefits from from this new measure and i I really hope that employers start to leverage that and i you know i I really believe that isn't power is here to make that possible because we really focus on bringing employers that value international students and focus on giving international students good job opportunities
0: All the international students are eligible for more than 20 hours per week or there is uh, some requirement and condition?
2: Yes, there's some requirement and condition. Um, You need to have... A valid study permit, which allow you to work off campus and your study permit need to be issued at a, a certain date in time. I don't have that date right now. And I'm also not a licensed immigration consultant, so I would refrain from, from explaining it in detail. But there's a specific date that you need to watch out for when your study permit is issued. Um, And yeah, unfortunately, like that, that's all the information they can provide at this point.
1: So Pat, with the restrictions, is there any type of other restrictions that they need to like, is there any type of labor restrictions that they're like, are they only allowed certain types of jobs? Or even with this new element, is there anything that stops them from doing anything?
2: I haven't heard of that. You know, I haven't heard of like, oh, there's a specific kind of job that this apply to. However, though, they are certain kind of positions that international students are not able to do. But that's, you know, again, should be listed on the Canadian government website. Of, and these are like potentially jobs that require certifications or something that's not encouraged to do, I would say. So on average, if, if it's a food industry or retail or, or professional kind of services job, then I don't don't see it being a problem.
0: Again, it's come to the employers, I think, that's how much they can rely on the international students in one year and what kind of jobs they can create that make sure that those international students can can perform well. So, But also you you, you mentioned about experienced students. So we at the University of Canada West, we have a lot of experienced students because they are MBA students and they're experienced in their home country. What challenge they are facing if they want to have a better job before TI Hours, not general jobs only.
2: Yeah, no, that's such a good point. I did launch a poll recently on LinkedIn and I had about 200 votes on it. Um, I asked them, hey, you know, are you currently working more than 20 hours per week with a new restriction? And I know that about 43% of all the 200 people said yes, they're already doing that, which I was technically surprised because I launched a poll maybe a week after that, November 15. And I have 34% of that say, not yet, but I really want to. And surprisingly, about 23% of them said, no, I actually don't want to. Now, looking from the international student perspective, we know the majority of them, right, actually want to work more than 20 hours per week. But there are some groups also that want to balance out um, their work and their study, and they don't think they can do both. I can tell you specifically for an MBA student that they're classwork is very loaded so it might be difficult for you to pick up a job that's more than 20 hours per week as compared to maybe diploma students that only have three classes a week. Now on the other hand on employer side I've also been chatting with all the employers that we work with again I will be super transparent that not every employer is open to hire international students on a study permit for full-time work. Because as an employer, you would probably want someone to be able to commit with commit to the job 100% of the time. And they are afraid of hiring someone that has a second priority, right? So as an international student looking to leverage this new measure, I would say be super clear on the expectation. Maybe you want to look for the roles that is not a typical nine-to-five. Maybe it's just It's more of an hourly wage position, but then you get to work in your own free time. Or you can actually have that flexibility to tell your employer, Oh, hey, I have a an exam right now, I have a paper deal, like I need to take maybe a day off to complete my midterm. Right. So as long as you're picking the right employer that that is open to work around your schedule, I would say
0: go for it. Be mindful of, of, you know, what you get yourself into. Again, come back to the employers. How we can educate employers. How we can educate employers about the restrictions of hiring international students. They can work 40 hours, but they have some limitations. Is there any way, is there any place or government or any webpage that are educating employers about that one? Or there's nothing?
2: That's actually something I want to do in 2023 is how can we further educate employers on how to hire this growing population of international students? We, I believe that we at ISM Power is so well positioned to do that. I was actually planning on hosting a webinar for all the employers that I have in my network to share with them of like, here are the the things that you need to watch out for. Here's how you could be accommodating to the international students. Here's a bit more information about what the the one-year pilot program looks like. Currently, I haven't seen any education materials uh, out there in the market but, you know, if anybody listening and wanted to learn more, feel free to get in touch with us at isempower.com and we would love to to, you know have a conversation.
1: This actually seems very perfect because we're coming to the end of our show here, Pat. And I think that this could be a challenge that we could put out there because I think you're onto something because I don't think the Canadian government, I think the Canadian government is trying to serve this element of filling that problem with there's a shortage of labor there and not thinking about the big picture. They're thinking about the short-term picture and not the long-term gain of this element. And and they're not communicating effectively to employers about what this means for them and how can they benefit from this. So we need individuals like you and ISM Power and other institutions and other employers to start spreading the word and creating that opportunity. So, yes, how can we start that journey? Where do you think we need to start, Pat?
2: We need People talking more about this. I think that's the first thing. We need people like you, Dave. We need people like Tom and and everybody's on the show here of how can we advocate for this growing population of international students? We need higher education institutions to be more equipped with resources to provide information to employers. Because almost every week I get asked by higher education institutions of, Pat, do you have any resources that my student can share to their employers about XYZ, you know, starting with the new measure, starting with the LMIA, starting with all the work permit, and I haven't seen a dedicated collection of resources available out there aside from a very generic um, "here's how to hire international student" on the Canadian website. Um, I, I think there's need to be more training involved um, just for employers looking to leverage this growing population of international students.
0: I have one more question about any, there is any incentive for employers if they want to hire international students. Something like maybe tax reductions or anything. Is there any incentives for employers? To be
2: honest, I am not sure. I am not sure if, um, if there is a a specific tax advantage? There should be, right? I would think that there should be because you're giving opportunity to underrepresented talents. Um, Unfortunately, as you already know, international students are not eligible to get any of the grant funding subsidizing for their wage for, for their internship. And I think that's such a missed opportunity because if anything, international students should be incentivized to get Canadian experience because they really don't have any Canadian experience. You know, I've been kind of looking into the grants opportunity as well, and I haven't seen anything except my tax but it's more of research and development, which is can be quite limited. So yeah, unfortunately, I really do think there's a huge opportunity that on that area that we do together uh, in terms of more integrated learning. I haven't seen anything yet, and I would really highly advocate for it.
1: You know, this is this is actually brilliant. And I think we need this means that we can continue this conversation, but we gotta do something about this. We have to build clearer pathways to permanent resident status. we got to give them the the tools and the success pieces, and we can stop putting obstacles in front of them. You know, we can talk about research and research grants and those elements, but those are limited to domestic students a lot of the time. They're not allowed to be into integrated into international students. So it's again, there's so many restrictions that we need to get rid of the restrictions. We need to build better pathways. Pathways. So you know, again, Pat, I'm going to throw it back to you at the end of the show here. But what could it, what could we be doing next? What is the challenge that you want to leave us with today that we can do as a community, as individuals today to start to change this story?
2: Yeah, I want to echo what you said uh, earlier in the show of how can we better educate employers to hire international students, and knowing that you know, we have barriers, you know, the barriers coming from international students and the barriers coming from the lack of knowledge from employers. So how can we bridge that gap? And I want to hear from the community of what you're thinking uh, to be a solution based on per- potentially the questions you get asked or the type of information you don't see out there. So I will
0: leave it as that. That is great, Pat. I think we are at the end of the episode. That was another episode of Innovation Field. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening to Innovation Fuel. We are on all podcast streaming platforms, Google, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts.
1: Visit our website at www.ucanwest.ca slash innovationfuel. Also, follow us on Instagram at innovation underscore fuel.